0: Here. i don't know dog nappies maybe
1: do people ha- is that a thing
0: i think it is like <gasps> when some dogs get old oh, if they're incontinent
1: no i know but how do they hide it do they wear pants over their dog nappy no they
0: just wear the oh, nappy oh no. yeah
1: oh that's a very sad thought I know. okay all but right. look
0: at how much people love their dogs i
1: love how much people love their dogs
0: yeah me too <laughs>
1: Hi, Ruth. Hi, Josephine. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Pretty well.
0: It's school holidays for you. Yeah, it is. Has that been good? Yes. Yes? (laughs) Not having to see the children.
1: I love the children. It's everything else that I don't love. Oh, right. It's all the other bullshit. I love my students. Yeah. But um, it's just nice to have time that is your own. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So what about you? What are you doing? Not much, really? More of the same? Looking cute in your overalls?
0: I'm wearing a pinafore. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's it's because it's not short. Because you're a six year old girl. Yes, I have. It's literally a pink pinafore. (laughs) It's very Olive Ostrovsky. It
1: is Olive Ostrovsky. Yeah. She wouldn't wear something that short, though.
0: No, well, I'm wearing leggings underneath.
1: Oh, (laughs) not like me. Not the first time I've accused you of that. It's true. It's true. Ah, so mm. here we are. This is my favorite musical, the podcast. It is. This Ep- is episode 15. 15. Fun. <laughs> you wanted to tell me before I told you, didn't you? Because you wrote it down, didn't you? I did look, it is at the
0: top of my sheet. You're very cute. And who goes first? Oh. Which I've started writing. Oh, that's down.
1: smart. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. Because I have no idea.
0: I just and then I just change it each week.
1: Well, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this
0: is a podcast all about musicals. Yeah,
1: that's right. Um, do you have any apologies today? Just
0: for me in general. Oh,
1: please don't. You're perfect. You <laughs> actually are. So as I was, I was doing my research last night with a couple of wines and I said to my husband, do I have any apologies to make? Because he listens and he was like, yes, I want you to apologise to me. And I said, but what for? And he was like, I think you grossly misrepresent me on the podcast. Oh. And I disagree. So here's your... Apology, Shane. <laughs> in inverted commas. In inverted commas. I don't know. You talking about how Shane
0: looks like Steve Pasquale is a pretty big compliment.
1: I'd say how hot he is all the time. i yeah. say how talented he is. How is that misrepresenting him? It's like what he's does he hot want and from me? talented
0: but wrong in all his opinions. <laughs>
1: but you shouldn't like the Les Mis film. Yeah. <laughs> But that's not misrepresenting you, my love. Anyway. But also,
0: like, I disagree with Andrew over heaps of stuff to do with musical theatre. I don't think that's misrepresenting him. It's just saying we have a difference of opinion.
1: I think he just realises that he's wrong, but he's realising it through the medium of a public uh,
0: Yeah, and <laughs> like, it's like several weeks after we've said it <laughs> yes. as well.
1: Look, I actually am very sorry. I can't imagine what this level of notoriety is doing for oh, you, I know. Shane. I know. But uh, anyway. Yeah. I do love him very much. That's um, my apology. Do you have a spotlight? I do, I do. Today's spotlight is about Bangara, actually. Oh, which lovely. is It's an Australian and Torres Strait Islander organisation. Um, it's also one of Australia's sort of like premier performing arts companies. It's primarily a dance company. Yeah. But they do a lot of, um, I would just say performance art. Yeah. I suppose. Um, it's widely acclaimed nationally and internationally. They're all about sort of powerful dancing Um really unique soundscapes and music design, like they're known for sort of um, high-tech.
0: They often write original music for the shows, yes. don't they? Yeah. yeah, it
1: reminds me a bit of Cirque du Soleil like very unique soundscapes yeah. for individual shows yeah. that are sort of written for purpose. Um, so Bengara began in 1989 and it was sort of from the energy of the National Aboriginal Islander Skills Development Association, um, which is like a, it's an organisation that's sort of aimed at um, highlighting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and their what they you know offer to culture and um, performance. Um, their ethos is what's really inspiring, though. They're all about reciprocity and mutual obligation and cultural appreciation and cultural promotion and reciprocity. Like all of this amazing um, ethos, where they're they're all about respecting land, about sharing stories. And really, furthering um, Aboriginal storytelling, yeah. which I think is really awesome. Yeah. Have you ever seen a performance? I
0: actually haven't. I was, I, to be honest, dance is something that in in an era of performing arts, performing arts in which my sort of. Education and also just like what I've witnessed is very
1: small. I had yep. never even seen the Australian Ballet until wow. a few years ago. See, I'm sort of the same because I, I was talking last night to Shane and I said, what should I do for my spotlight? And mm. he recommended this. Yeah. Um, and I've never seen them live. Yeah. I've seen lots of recorded performances. Yeah, and like I think
0: they perform say at the Heltmans when I've wa- yes. like, been at the Heltmans or something like that. Yeah.
1: Well, so they they have a lot of professional recordings of productions. So yeah. You, in fact, if you're in Australia, a lot of their um, productions are streaming on iView AB. We see oh, either great. at the moment. I'm not sure if how what that means if you're international, but um, I'm the same. I I don't see much dance. No, I've been to the ballet once. That's yep. it. Yeah, um, it's definitely like a gap in my yeah same. And I'd like to address that because I love dance. I've never seen anything by Sydney Dance
0: Company either. Uh, well, so see, like contemporary dance is something that I just
1: Bengara is affiliated with Sydney Dance. Yeah. I, well, I know that
0: they're both at the Wharf in, yeah. H- in Hickson Road, Walsh Bay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, maybe that should be our once. Once things go back to normal, yeah, let's make definitely. a commitment to, yeah. Yeah. But it's really beautiful stuff. I really recommend you checking it out. There's heaps of clips on YouTube, but, yeah, full performances on ABC Ivy. Mm, amazing. Yeah, that's Bangara. Excellent. Hmm.
0: Well, I went down a real rabbit hole with mine. <laughs>
1: okay, tell us.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the musical Shuffle Along or the making of the musical sensation of 1921 and All That Followed. Oh, So I don't know how much you know about this I show. I don't know anything. Yeah, and I, and I think that I started thinking about – um, you know, musicals that have been both performed and where the pr- creative teams have been artists of colour and I was sort of – I sort of went down that path, yes, right? Sure. And, of course, I thought of this one because I saw this show on Broadway in 2016 and I specifically thought about it because I knew that they had closed somewhat prematurely and it was quite a scandal at the time that they were closing. Really? Um, and I sort of wanted to look into it because especially when we're talking about – uh, white people in power, sort of muzzling black voices and things like that, right? Mm. Um, and so a little bit about just a really quick thing about the show before you know. So basically there was a musical in 1921 called Shuffle Along yes. that had a score by Eubie Blake and Noble Sissel and a libretto by Flournoy Miller and Aubrey Lyles and they were all basically like big, big, um, black vaudeville stars yep. who had never written a musical before and this show ended up being this huge hit wow and it was it was like a, a massive deal at a time when obviously it was an incredibly white um, industry a uh, very so dominated field
1: was it it was more like a, a vaudeville show? It, was, it was like, like a,
0: a review a kind review, of thing yeah yeah, sure. yeah but it was a musical like it had a, a story and everything but
1: just not what in we know. In a more kind of
0: Cole Porter sort of way than sure. like a Rodgers and Hammerstein sort of way. Yes. But, for example, the song I'm Just Wild About Harry.
1: I love that song. Is
0: from that. It's from yeah. that show, you know. So, like – and and it made real stars of a lot of the performers like Paul Robeson and Josephine Baker and, like, people that you will have definitely heard of Came were in that. the show. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, and so there's been a couple of revivals since, I think, like one in the 30s and one in the 50s. Hmm. Um, but I think – since then it was sort of like just sort of fell into the you know the annals of history and so george c wolf you know acclaimed director yes. angels in america etc had this idea to do the show again but also kind of look at like what happened with that show and you know why isn't it more popular and things like this when yeah. it's like such iconic like voices of color kind mm. of thing and So this show, um, let me tell you who was in the cast of this show. So So we're we're now talking about the revival? This revival. So technically um, it was considered a new show. It wasn't considered a revival because it did have a new book. Okay. Um, And it was kind of more like a musical about –
1: about what the happened? The 1921
0: musical Shuffle Along. That's cool. So, for example, he created a character who Brooks Ashmanskis played, Hello. who was like all the white people that yeah. were kind of like critics and like the the institutions at the time and things like that, and he played them all, and the rest of the cl- the the rest of the cast were artists of colour. Wow. Um, so, but in terms of that, the, the leads, like Audra McDonald, Billy Porter, hmm. Brian Stokes Mitchell, Josh Henry, Brandon Vickson, Victor Dixon and Adrian Warren were like the six leads. Oh, so, like so we're talking like something the biggest like 15 names Tony Award nominations between them and like eight Tony Awards or something. Oh, shit. Like oh. a huge amount. It was Brian Stokes Mitchell's first musical in like six years. Like and it was a big deal. Like, oh, love, he, yeah. love Brian Stokes Mitchell. Um,
1: it's nice having him and Audra together again since yeah, Ragtime. Ragtime. Yeah, after Ragtime, yeah.
0: And it was nominated for ten Tony Awards. Shit. But it didn't win any because it was the same year as Hamilton so unfortunately it didn't win any and that seems to have been the death knell basically it was this show now i will say the show was a bit of a mess the book like it wasn't it did have some problems in terms of just like a a clear coherent storyline but the history that's there and the magic that they were creating on stage in certain numbers was insane oh wow and so what seemed to have happened was that Audra McDonald, I don't know if you know this, but she got pregnant at 45 mm. with her husband, Will Swenson. They weren't expecting it. Um, she was like literally like perimenopausal, like, oh and, she, and so they just weren't expecting it. And so she was going to have to take leave from the show when she, um, you know, once she was half many months pregnant. And Scott Rudin, the producer, basically used that as an excuse to close the show And to claim on their insurance policy to say that that was basically like an act of God, like literally like considered an accident or illness and try and claim on their insurance policy. And I, I think it's still in the courts now. Like I don't think they've ever actually made the decision on it. But if they won the money from the insurance policy, then that would have recouped the rest of the money for for the show. So he made a financial decision rather than an artistic decision that if he could get this money from this insurance policy, well, then they could pay back all the investors. But
1: why close it? Well,
0: apparently once she was leaving with ticket sales, we're just going to go, which I think they'd announced that she'd left. They saw that the ticket sales just just fell off a cliff once she'd gone. Um, And instead of, you know, trying something else to sell the show – That's what they did. So there's no cast recording, for example. There's no – there's nothing. I will post a link to the Tonys' performance, which is excellent. I want to shout out to the choreographer Savion Glover, who is amazing – and I also read an article in the New York Times, which was called "Shuffle Along and the Painful History of Black Performance in America." It's like a long read, like it's a really in-depth article in the New York at Times. It right now, yeah, literally. so I'm going to link to that as well, which is excellent. Um, as well, but yeah, Shuffle Along. If you don't know about it, look into it. Definitely watch that Tony Awards performance. But it just really reminded me of the state that we're in, and a rich, powerful white man basically like you know, muzzling this incredibly important work. That's bullshit. So it only ran for a few months. Yeah. I'm so glad
1: you saw it. Yeah, same, same. Wow. I'm really glad. Oh, that was a yeah. great spotlight. Yeah, I'm going to check you. that out then. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, We have a cool theatre explained today. We do. Ruth, you, this is definitely your area of expertise. Yeah, well,
0: I, feel free to ask as many questions as you, you know. Because I'm such a dumb-dumb. Dumb. Well, but like, I'm like a lot topic. of people don't know how this works. Yes. So okay. what we thought we'd talk about is literally the concept of a playbill mm-hmm. in in New York and what in America and what that means compared to, say, other countries and what they have to offer. So, uh, um, do you know what a playbill is?
1: You, my understanding is that it's pretty much just like a, a piece of paper, or bigger, of the cast and the creatives, and it's pretty much just that, like a list of the cast and who made the show. That's so, what I.
0: So, literally, playbill in America is a magazine. Yeah, it's a published magazine that and gets like, published every month.
1: Yeah, like you can buy it from a. You can subscribe to yes. it. Yeah.
0: So, so in other words, when you go and see a show in New York, or my understanding is in certain other theaters around America as well, you get a playbill which contains um, the same articles that are, uh, mm. you know, the same sort of 40 pages or whatever of articles and It's ads. got like
1: ads in it. And, and yeah. then the
0: middle, say, 12 pages is dedicated to the show that you're seeing and mm. the cover is dedicated to the show that you're seeing. Mm. And that will contain everyone's biogs and headshots and, you know, the cover of the show and all that sort of thing. So I think a lot of people don't realize that actually it's like it changes every month. Mm. It's a monthly magazine um and that those are given away for free because there's like an an arrangement where the show pays for the printing etc like you'll find that some shows have colored covers whereas some have black and white it depends what they can afford yeah um in june that it's pride month so they do like rainbow covers for a lot of them um things like that but yeah it's like literally a magazine it's not It means Um,
1: something different here in in the UK, right? Well, so that
0: word, that Playbill, is the company over there. The company that I work for is also called called Playbill. We're not called that in America because that's a different company. Yes, Um, but. Here in Australia and in the UK also have slightly different things. So in the UK, the theatre produces a program. So literally the actual venue that you're seeing produces a program for the show. That's a souvenir
1: program. No. (laughs) That's (laughs) what happens here. (laughs) The souvenir
0: program is what happens here. So in the UK, it's like... Normally about three or four pounds, and that is a little bit like the Playbill, but there won't be really many ads. Mm. It'll be more just like it'll be have more color, it'll won't be like magazine thickness, it'll be a bit thicker, the, the stock and everything that it's printed on. Yeah. But it's the theatre that, um, that does it Um, and they sell them themselves and all that sort of thing. It's got nothing to do with the merchandise company, for example. Um, And, yeah, and they're a bit cheaper. Then the merchandise company will also produce a souvenir brochure
1: that is just like glossy,
0: big pictures, um, you know, a much larger format. You know, like a much bigger um, printing size Mm. and everything, and that's more of like a that is more of a souvenir.
1: Can you still get souvenir programs in the states? Yeah, so
0: so not every show will do them because they don't sell very well because you're getting the playbill for free
1: and the playbill's got all the info you want. That's Right?
0: So we like we do do them for most of our shows, for example. Yeah, but not every merchandise company does. Mm. Um, And imagine there'd be a lot of work for. Yeah, look, sale. it is, and then um, so and they will say retail for about twenty, twenty five dollars, something like that Ooh. in America. Yeah. Um, and then in Australia, you don't have the 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 industry doesn't have enough people in it mm-hmm. to like have either of those systems well, really
1: we, we can't have like a periodical exactly
0: who exactly would, who would be reading a periodical or, or like a centralized kind of body that would be in charge of it yeah, for totally. example so um yeah so we just have the souvenir programs here that mm. also tend to retail for about 20 or 25 dollars and they will have all of that information in the one program so mm. you'll have all the biographies and the headshots as well as like glossy pictures and and everything like that
1: so I think what I, where I get confused is like the traditional meaning of the word playbill from mm. like before the company playbill existed in the yeah. States, which is where it was like, yeah, like a, yes, which is why in they, this performance, here's a piece of paper of right. the list of the cast. Like this is yeah. who you'll be seeing today. And that was like what a playbill in used In Australia, to
0: be. we tend to use the word cast sheet to describe yes. that. So like, for example, if you go to the opera or to the ballet, you'll be given a cast sheet, mm. which is like a two-sided, it'll have, you know, a picture of the, the logo and stuff on one side and then the other side will have like a synopsis and the cast you're seeing that day or yes. whatever. Yeah. And so that's what we tend to call that. Um, but that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, yeah, I think they have, I think now they have a, a copyright on the word playbill and it, it is that, it is and that that's publication. that's that means. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. Oh, I learned something. Different in every,
0: and to be honest, like different in every country around the world. Mm. Like Canada tends to follow the US system somewhat. Like they give away something for free. But it's quite in depth. Mm. Um, there's different things. Yeah, yeah. Things so. can mean different things. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That's been theatre explained. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any recommendations?
0: I do. Tell us. Um, I've got a two this week.
1: Only two.
0: I Very know. restrained of you. My first is, and um, this came up the other day. If you now have Disney Plus because you're watching Hamilton obsessively, mm-hmm. like Josephine is. Um, <laughs> 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 How many times have you watched it now? Oh, it's,
1: I don't know, like maybe 10. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. I love it. Um, then watch Encore if you haven't on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So basically the premise of this show is that if people who were in a show in high school like go back and do that show years Such later. Such a cool premise. It's like just like this cheesy reality show. But I will watch any show that is about musical theater. Pretty much.
1: Did you watch the High School Musical? I musical? haven't watched it yet, but it's not a reality show. It's also shit. Is well, it? Well, I mean, I haven't watched it. But I hate High School Musical. Oh, I've actually heard it's great. I'm. I have no problem passing judgment on things I don't know Duh,
0: about. I'm. I, see, like I'm keener to watch that than I am to watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Honestly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well then. I feel like my it's guest. gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be more musical theater than Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Oh,
1: yeah, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is not musical theatre. Yeah, it's more just like
0: people singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So definitely watch Encore on Disney Plus if you haven't already, which I loved.
1: Um, My other one
0: is also in the theme of Hamilton in a way, is uh, this little book that Lin-Manuel Miranda released a year or two ago, which is called Good Morning, Good Night, Little Pep Talks for Me and You. Um, and it's, he did this whole series of tweets where for like ages, he would do a good morning tweet and a good night tweet to sort of bookend the day. Such a kitty. Um, yeah. And with his, um, with his Twitter friend, Johnny Sun, who, um, his Jomney son on Twitter, but you might have seen him. He's an illustrator and makes these gorgeous little cartoons with little aliens. Yeah. Um, and he does little, little illustrations for the book. And Aww. yeah, it's just like little affirmations to start and end each day.
1: So where'd you get it?
0: Uh, oh, you can order. It's, it's very widely available from book places. Book places. Oh, where did I get it? Yes. Um, our friend Jess bought it for me Aww. in Wimera, New York. Yeah.
1: That's nice. Um,
0: and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's really great. It's a, it'd be a great gift for someone. Like it's just a nice little book. So, yeah.
1: That's a cool recommendation. Yeah.
0: What about you? Well,
1: mine is like not just the theme of Hamilton. It's just Hamilton. Like I, I think this is really straightforward and I know you'll roll your eyes at me. But, like, if you haven't watched it yet...
0: I know, what are you doing?
1: Well, what are you doing? And maybe you're sitting there thinking like, oh, everyone loves Hamilton and it's so cliche. Yeah, but just watch it and then maybe you'll change your yeah. mind. So if you're if you're on the fence about it, and I'm sure everyone who is listening is like, Of course we've already seen it. Yeah. But just in case you haven't, go find your Disney Plus friend yeah. and watch it. Yeah. Just watch it right now. We've um we've bullied two of our good friends to come over tonight to watch it. Because Shane's like, who can we invite over so I can watch it again without feeling guilty? So this is what we're doing. Hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, it's but also like regardless of the fact that I think Hamilton is like a perfect show, it's so beautifully filmed. Yes. It's really well filmed. I'm just hoping that there's now like a trend for not just professionally filmed shows, but like shows that are filmed so filmically, like it's so filmically beautiful. Yeah.
0: Hmm. The real tricky thing is like they have to work out a deal with equity. That's the that's, that's the right. issue. Yeah. As long so as it's everyone's not, getting their like, there's their lots cart. of like people being like, well, they should just release everything that's in the New York Public Library, and it's like that's a great like so thought, they don't have to pay everyone. It, it's not just that, but they they those contracts never existed yeah. to begin with, so it's not even like that. That's not how it works, unfortunately. No,
1: no, no I'm talking more like let's now from now on. Let's now, yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, if nothing else, like like you know, can we get to the stage where And I know it would be hard to like not film these things in front of an audience. But if it looks like we're going to be without theatre for some time, but you can get special permission to not social distance just that day, like, can we just get in the theatre and film something? It's a great idea. Like, I don't know. I know it's so much more complicated than that, but yeah. (sighs) Hmm.
1: Should we talk
0: about musicals? Sure. I'm first. Oh, you're first. I feel like I'm talking so much right now. I love it. um this week i'm gonna it's a fun one is it i'm gonna be talking to you about legally blonde
1: oh cute yeah do you like this show
0: yeah yeah you don't have any real feelings one way or the other i don't
1: feel very strongly about it i prefer the movie the original movie yeah like i love the movie yeah
0: it's a great film actually it's a great film
1: it's probably one of those like chick flicks in inverted commas that i really love like
0: early 2000s that was a real thing then. Yeah, yeah, and there were some great ones. But
1: this is like a clever one, I would yeah, say. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. So um, the reason I've selected this, I, I honestly, the more I have known this show over the years, and I have been involved in a production of it um, about five years ago, um, and loved doing that. Was
1: that five years ago? Yeah,
0: yeah, two thousand and
1: fifteen. Oh, geez. it's
0: almost exactly five years ago. Actually, yeah, it was on well, in yeah. July. Yeah, excellent maths. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um. But the more I've known this show, the more I have realised what an excellent adaptation of a film to a stage show it is. Mm.
1: Um, you don't think there are a couple of problems?
0: No, I don't. Oh,
1: wow. I will defend
0: this adaptation to the fucking death.
1: Well, here is your platform. Excellent.
0: <laughs> um, I, it's like not, don't get me wrong, it's like not a particularly deep show. It doesn't like, have
1: to be. I don't think it has to be Not everything either, has to be deep.
0: It's, I think it's really tightly written and it's funny and there's like so many bangers in the score. Like oh, the
1: score is sensational. Sensational. Yeah.
0: And I just, yeah, I just, I just think it's a really great piece of entertainment basically. This is
1: one that I think will eventually be movie, musical, movie, musical. Do like you? Been, I do think it would work really well as a movie, as musical. A movie musical. I do. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I think it might even work better as a movie musical. Yeah.
0: Um, anyway. So – it is based on the 2001 film as we said starring Reese with a spoon and also also there's a 2001 novel by Amanda Brown so it's kind of like it's sort of based on both and the the film is also based on the novel kind of thing yes um the music and lyrics are by Lawrence O'Keefe now we're about to talk about a few people that like we haven't talked about on the podcast before so Lawrence O'Keefe you might know as the co-writer of Heathers um is probably his other most famous work yeah. um and he wrote Legally Blonde with his wife Nell Benjamin, um, and she is also the, the lyricist of Mean Girls. Hmm. So, like, it, like they're all kind of like there. teen, like you yeah. know, musical kind of yeah. So it's it's good fun. So they're married, and then the book is by Heather Hark, who wrote the screenplay for Freaky Friday. Um,
1: so they're all like in that world. Yeah. Of-
0: totally in that world. Interestingly enough, though, because Freaky Friday is a musical now, too. What oh, is it? She didn't write the book of that, oh, which is random. Like, I sort of feel like maybe they wanted to change some stuff, but yeah, it's sort of odd. It's like surely you'd get, anyway. Mm. Um, so, story wise, so just really briefly, Elwoods is about to graduate, Elwoods is our lead character. She's about to graduate from UCLA and she's expecting her boyfriend, Warner Huntington III, to propose to her <laughs> when he dumps her out of the blue for not being serious enough for his future. She basically decides to prove to him that she's worthy. Um, so she will also get into Harvard Law School where he's about to start graduate school and she does and shenanigans ensue. I love it.
1: She That's learns a lot perfect. about herself.
0: We all learn a lot about ourselves oh, and uh, potential. When we go
1: to law school. That's
0: right. <laughs> um, so the original production ran on Broadway at the Palace Theatre from April 3rd, 2007 to October 19th, 2008. Um, so it didn't recoup. It no. was like uh, considered – A financial flop, but I don't think that's, like, that bad a run, all things considered. No,
1: it's pretty substantial.
0: I do remember that it was on when the stagehand strike at the end of 2007 Uh. was on. Um, I have a photo of a stagehand out the front handing out, Uh. like, literature during the strike. Um, It got seven Tony nominations that year, but it didn't win anything. Mm. Um, It... Meanwhile, it ran in London from December 5th, 2009 to April 7th, 2012 at the oh, Savoy wow. Theatre. Um, it won three Olivier's in London, including Best New Musical and, um, and also the actress who played Elle won Best uh, Actress.
1: I find it fascinating when the Olivier's like – Totally love a really American yeah. show. Like that's such an American show. So like show.
0: this was – and it did really well over there. Like it was a big hit yeah. in the West End. Yeah, isn't
1: that random? Yeah,
0: and um, it was the first well, – I thought this was interesting. It was the first ever West End show to offer a lottery, like a ticket lottery. Oh, cool. And they're super common in the West End now. Yeah. Like I know that they've been common in um, New York for some time, as we know, like – From rent, in the Heights and – And Rent. And, and Rent, yeah. 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 Like lots of them offer it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like – in the West End
1: it's super common now. Yeah, wow.
0: Often they're online. Like today ticks off of them for a few shows and things like that. So yeah. it's like you do it in the during the day kind of thing.
1: I feel like two thousand and nine on the West End was a pretty busy time. Like there would have been a couple of big I'm trying to think, was that is that like Mary Poppin's era? Oh uh,
0: I couldn't tell you how long the original ran for in mm. in London. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um so the great thing about Oh, and one of the reasons that I'm recommending this is it was filmed professionally for MTV um, and released in October 2007, and that entire pro shot is on YouTube, like oh, that MTV yeah. version. So we will link to that.
1: That's um, cool.
0: Yeah, and it's it's so it's like a really accessible way to watch the show because. It's a great version of it. It's sort of a weird, you know how we were talking about reality shows the other week? Yeah. Um, So the Hills that I was talking about, it's like the Hills are the, like the cast of the Hills, like introduce it and are like in the audience. Like it's some sort of, why? Because it's like Valley Girls kind of thing. Like, I know it's so weird.
1: (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah.
0: So, and they have like little bruiser on the, like chihuahua with them. (laughs) Like as they go to sit down, it's really strange. Um. The other and yeah, just so definitely watch that pro shot. It's amazing. Um, It's really great. Uh, There was also a reality show, Legally Blonde: The Search for the Musical, The Search for Elle Woods. Yeah, which was which
1: we talked about in our in the Heights episode. We did,
0: yeah. And it was on. It is also all on YouTube. So if you really want to go down that. Legally Blonde rabbit holes, like it's it's really great. I and again, want,
1: like I want them to know that you are smiling, like from ear uh, to I ear. Just, you love I just, I loved
0: that show so much. Yeah. Again, I just will watch any reality show that features musical theater. It's also
1: really joyful. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so uh, quite a few of the contestants that were on then have gone on to have quite steady Broadway work since, like not necessarily starring roles, but a lot of sort of like ensemble members and things like that, which is really great. But one of them, Lena Hall. Uh, she competes as Selena Carvajal, which is like her um, real name. Her She now goes by Lena Hall. Of course, won a Tony as Yitzhak in yeah. Hedwig and the Angry Itch. Um, and she's also currently in the TV show Snowpiercer.
1: I don't know it. I haven't watched it, I but think it's, think a, it, it's oh, quite popular. Isn't that the one that David Diggs is in? I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, yeah. Shane really, after Hamilton, Shane desperately yeah. wants to see it. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> so we will also link to that all of those episodes yeah but nice. yeah it's on and also that cast if you love that if you already watch that and you just want more information they did a zoom reunion in april april yeah, like during nice. covid and with the entire cast of the reality show so oh, even shit. like bailey who won who they all hate because she's like hates the gays and like is Everyone super christian oh, God. So they're all there <laughs> So and Lena Hall's there and everything. The drama, yeah. Um. So we will link to that as well. Um. So many like cast members from the original cast, um, have like really got onto some amazing things. Like Annalie Ashford yeah. is one of the like the her she's Margot the three friends. Yeah. They? yeah. Um. Margot, right? I think so. Yeah, Margot. Um, the really,
1: those really ditzy friends. Yeah.
0: And she goes – she obviously has gone on to um, win a Tony and be in yep. Sunday in the Park Sunday with George, Park. et cetera, et cetera. She's
1: been in a lot of TV too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she has heaps. Mm. And like Christian Ball plays Emmett. Like he's, I think, won two Tonys since then. Yeah, well, we know
1: him from Falsettos and Smash. And yeah. And like he won
0: for Peter and the Starcatcher and something was else. I can't
1: in, remember. Um Something Rotten as well? Yes. Yeah. 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 He might have even won for Something Rotten.
0: He played was
1: Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, he was great in that. Yeah. Um... And then Orfey and Andy Carl, who play Paulette and the UPS guy, and Andy yeah. Carl plays a few different characters in it. Um, they're Such married. A good character. They're married in real life. Oh no, oh, really? Did you not know that? I didn't know that. They have been together since two thousand and one. That's
1: the cutest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Oh,
0: I can't believe you didn't know that. Yeah, and they met during Saturday Night Fever on Broadway, oh, and shit. they've been known, so They were also both in Pretty Woman on Broadway together. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that's it, cute. It's really cute, and they are both incredibly talented. He, of
1: course, you'd have to. He's be. been
0: nominated several times for a Tony. Um, like he was he was rocky in the rocky oh, musical okay. he yep. was the lead he's in the groundhog day musical yeah. like he's been nominated several times sadly hasn't won yet but he's an amazing performer wow um and she got nominated for legally
1: blonde those are my favorite roles in this show
0: yeah, yeah. oh so good yeah. so good um and kate Schindel, who plays vivian she's currently which is like um emmett uh his current girlfriend. No, um Warner. Warner, sorry. Warner's current girlfriend. Elle's
1: like nemesis. Nemesis slash in the show. Frenemy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um so that actress Kate Schindel, is currently the president of Actors
1: Equity in yeah, America. Nice.
0: And um She's got
1: a bitchin' voice. Her
0: voice is insane. I love in that show how it's just like no one kind of Like she doesn't really sing the entire show until until the the very very end, and then she pulls out like the most ridiculous notes. Yeah,
1: these belts, like yeah, yeah. And so
0: she was um, Miss America in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of how she got her start.
1: Oh wow. Yeah.
0: So, but she's also like such a smart. Woman. Yeah. like I love hearing her interviewed and stuff. Like she's yeah. really great. We
1: have to be quite articulate to be in those pageants. Exactly, to
0: be exactly. Um, so when it was filmed for MTV, it was the first fully staged Broadway production to appear on TV while still playing in New York.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: which is quite a big deal. I wonder if
1: there've been many since, though. Like that seems like a yeah. strange occurrence.
0: Yeah, I know. That's so, cool. That's cool. Um, so a couple of talking points. I just, oh, when I say that it's a really good, um. Example of an adaptation from um, screen to stage. I, I think like the song, what you want is a really great example of that. I It's just, it takes like, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever of exposition, like just, just exposition in the, in the movie of like from Elle deciding that she wants to also get into Harvard to her getting into Harvard. And, mm. um, and it, like, condenses that all into, like, a six-minute song or whatever. Yes. And it's so well done. It moves incredibly quickly
1: the entire time.
0: There's I would say
1: the same thing about, oh, my God, you guys. Yeah, like, definitely. I definitely. I think definitely. that's what this show does really well. It condenses yes, exposition into – I agree, which is a thing that movie
0: movies being adapted into musicals often struggles from.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I think – I agree. I think this show in particular really, like, excels at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, it sort of falls into the category of shows that have tried to aim themselves at like the tween girls market. Ah, that's which wrong. which has kind of been a big like after Wicked became popular, mm. that sort of became a thing that they tried to do, mm. um, and it hasn't really worked since then. Like since Wicked, because it's kind of I don't I would I think it
1: should be aimed at us. Like that's who I feel yeah, it should be aimed at. I know, but
0: they didn't. It was very much about like like little girl, like well, like t- tween teen girls going, yeah. yeah. It's um, also
1: weird. It's not like they're a – are they a hugely lucrative audience? I, no, that's the issue. Like, because you have to then they be they able go, to afford a Broadway
0: show ticket. Yeah. I know. So Mean Girls kind of tapped
1: into that market. They sort but of managed will surely to. surely be people like you and I who loved the film. Well, that's like, it. Like, that's people. what I don't. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very strange. Millennials are who should be watching those musicals. Yeah,
0: exactly. I also just have to shout out that it has several excellent like quick costume changes in it. Oh, it does, Like, like it? that are just done so well. Um, yeah. There's just like – there's. And oh my god you guys where a girl basically is in a shower um cap and like mm. a, a towel and like goes down this fireman pole and when she gets to the bottom she's fully dressed yeah it's just very clever um like li- to me like little things like that like little theatrical so notes it, it, it just magic. really makes yeah, yeah it really makes the show great um of course Elle does a big uh quick costume change into her like ideal date outfit mm. also in that opening number um, I also thought it was interesting that it's sort of one of the first times I can really remember seeing a lot of corporate sponsorship in the shows. Huh. So, there's several mentions of like – like there's definitely like some product placement and promotional consideration that's happened. So, like JetBlue is mentioned. Oh, cool. Um, Red Bull is is mentioned quite a few times in the show. There's things like that where there's – definitely I would say that like some money has exchanged hands between – that corporation in the show. Wow. I would be fascinated to know how that works.
1: Yeah, how does that, on, like, Like, ongoing. I don't know if
0: it's just a case of they had to pick an airline and they had to pick, like, something or if it was a case of, like, if we do this, will you give us money towards our budget kind of wow. thing. Yeah. I always wonder how that happens because, like, I know, like, say in Come From Away they specifically mention American Airlines. Yeah. Like, there are different things where you go. That's
1: also part of the story. Like, that's an integral part of the story, isn't it? In it Come is. From Away. It, I don't know if she. Oh, maybe she was an American. No,
0: you're right. I think she is an American. Yeah, like I don't Alliance know how you pilot. could avoid that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, the, like I'm like, does that mean that JetBlue like flew them everywhere for free? Like, how does it work? You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah.
1: And does that mean that now, like in longevity i mean ongoing they have their yeah. product in the show yeah well
0: like re- like yeah like when we did it like it's written 5 years ago like red bull is mentioned a bunch yeah. of times
1: that's cool yeah
0: yeah it's interesting mm. so again i don't really know how it works no. but i would be fascinated to know um so gateway songs um i have gone with um so much better which is the yeah. act one for banali big fuck off it's a big fuck you yeah, number exactly. yeah exactly great big belty number um great act finale actually in general i've gone for bend and snap of which course. is obviously when um they're teaching paulette how to do the bend and snap yeah great song it's a
1: great song
0: yeah um, it's
1: almost like a semi-rap i would say yeah and yeah. it's
0: like it's got that great like whatever they call that 60s beat the yeah. boom
1: boom 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 exactly. the hey mickey sort of beat? yeah it's like
0: phil they call it like the phil specter beat or something yeah like that, that yeah, sounds yeah, right yeah. exactly yeah. hey mickey yeah um and then i've gone for the ballad, Legally Blondes. I knew you would say that. I know. This. I do love this song. It's a
1: beautiful song. Yeah.
0: And I just think it's something like a bit different. It is kind of the only ballad in the show. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's a beautiful song. It's
1: also like the only moment of um – of that sort of sadness yes, in the whole exactly. story, anyway, and like I
0: think we've I think we've talked about this before, but that is like extremely my shit when that happens in oh, a yeah. show.
1: Like something really light and fluffy, then gets serious. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Like like we've talked about the I love you song in spelling bee oh, and yes. stuff like that. Like that is often this my is favorite moment, moment in a show. Yep. Yeah. Um. So the recordings you can listen to online are there is the original Broadway cast recording. Mm. I would highly recommend that this is the one you should listen to.
1: Why would you listen to anything else? So there is
0: also a London cast recording which I. Have a feeling was a like they often do this thing in London where it's a live recording. That's mm. quite common over there. Mm. Um, I just personally think that the Broadway one is so much tighter. Well, also, the
1: cast is just perfect. It's just perfect yeah.
0: casting. Um, but yeah, like uh, it is definitely listen to Legally Blonde if you haven't before. If it was one that maybe passed you by because it's a little bit chair so squeaky. Your I'm chair. Sorry, so <laughs> um, squeaky. Um, yeah, like if it's passed you by because it's just not something that you're ever really into, definitely watch it on MTV, especially if you're, like, not doing anything much right now.
1: Well, I would say, too, you don't have to be, like, a, a female or even, like, into ditzy stories if that's what you sort of no. think it is. No, well, also, like, for it's example, like, cleverer. my
0: husband Andrew fully geeks out over the orchestrations in the show. Yeah, like it's a like very it clever is, show. It is, The music in it is incredibly clever mm. and, yeah, it's really worth watching.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah,
0: So that's Legally Blonde.
1: Oh, maybe you have encouraged me to... Have you watched
0: the MTV one before? No, I haven't. Oh, I think, yeah, I think you and Shane should definitely watch it.
1: I will do that.
0: Excellent. After
1: we watch Hamilton tonight again. For the
0: 24th time.
1: But why not, really? (laughs) That was good. Thanks, Ruth. Oh, well, um, let me just, let's take it down a couple of steps. Yeah. Let me talk to you about a mad bummer of a show. Excellent. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, so, guys, I'm sorry. (laughs) Today, I'm going to talk about Evening Primrose. Where's the shake? No.
0: (laughs) I don't hate Evening Primrose.
1: No one can hate Evening Primrose. No one knows it. No one knows it. Okay, so there's this musical called Evening Primrose. It's by Stephen Sondheim. (laughs) It's almost a joke how many Sondheims I do, but... Okay, let me just tell you about it and then I'll justify myself. So, Evening Primrose is a musical with a book by James Goldman and Lyrics and Music by Stephen Sondheim. It's based on a John Collier short story that was published in 1951 in a collection called Fancies and Good Nights. I like that name. Yeah, and this musical was originally made to be a TV musical, um, which is a new thing for us here at The Pod. We've never had a TV musical before. Yeah. Um, okay, so I fell in love with this show when I was studying musical theatre at uni. I had like this wonderful repertoire coach that gave me the song um, "Take Me to the World" the solo version of um, of that song to sing, and instantly fell in love with the song. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, "What is Evening Primrose?" and found it very difficult to find information because yeah. we we're talking about like the before you know Google era when I had to go to the library and look things up. <laughs> um, but I very quickly found the rest of the show and just loved the whole thing. To be fair, it's there's not much of a whole thing yeah. to love. Like it's a very small. How many
0: songs in the there whole There are four thing? songs. Is that it?
1: So there's lots of instrumental. Okay. But there's only four sung songs. Really? Yeah. Two duets and two solos. That's wow. it. Wow. So very, well, because it's made for like a one it's hour TV show. It's almost not spot. a musical. It's almost not a musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this show is at times incredibly typical of Sondheim, and I think it is actually like a clear moment of Sondheim genius. But also, it's not very—it's not like any of his other shows. I think so. In in that way, it's quite atypical um, musically. It's not as zany, I would say, and it's also not as thematically like there aren't those sort of musical motifs that are repeated like right. in some of his other shows. So it's um it's more of it fits within the era, I think, because we're talking about fifties, sixties. Um, this was in the '60s that the actual musical was written, but it fits within that in terms of the music, rather than within that Sondheim-y sort of world. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I Explaining that well, it's more
0: of the time. It than is more of, of the time. Of yeah. Yeah, so of it's song time. Songtime. <laughs> it's so
1: it's just a bit more traditional musically. So in that way, I think it's quite unexpected that it's Sontime, But I think the songtime weirdness comes out from its truly bizarre fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Here we go. Plot. Hang on to your hats. This one's really weird, but I love it so much. (laughs) Okay, so this is directly from Wikipedia. I had to write this. I had to put this in because it's so crazy. Quote, the musical focuses on a poet who takes refuge from the world by hiding out in a department store after its closing. He meets a community of night people who live in the store and he falls in love with a beautiful young girl named Ella. Bizarre complications arise when the leader of the group forbids their relationship, end quote. I just like that that's when the bizarre complications come in, like. (laughs) Like, let's take it back a couple of steps. Um, so yeah, a poet, he's named uh Charles Snell decides he's sick of the world and the world's bullshit and he is sick of paying rent in New York. So he decides to go live in a department store once it has closed for the day. So he like hangs out in the, the department store during the day and then like sleeps there at night, um, which is all well and good. But then he discovers that a bunch of other people have had the same idea <laughs> before him, and have been living in the department store for years. Oh, my God. So funny.
0: I love – like this could only be the 60s like before security cameras and before – Yes. Yeah.
1: Like, oh, anyway. like having
0: any sort of night security watch. That's right.
1: Like you, yeah. the doors close and whatever can – yeah, do whatever you want. So he meets this group of night people who is um, – the group is led by Mrs. Monday, who is, yeah, sort of creepy. I – I see her as like a nurse ratchet type. Right. Um, She lets Charles join their little gang reluctantly purely because he's a poet. So something about that appeals to her. But Charles pretty much instantly falls in love with a girl who's part of the group. She's Mrs. Monday's maid whose name is Ella. And there's almost like this like hierarchy or class system within the group. And Ella is like at the bottom of the pecking order. She sleeps down in the basement and – a lot of people like, are like, you can't go near Ella. She's too low or whatever. She's, yeah, poor Ella. <laughs> um, Ella's 19 and she's been in the store since she was separated from her mother in the store when she was six. She fell asleep in the women's hat department and ever since then she's just lived in she the store. She's just lived there. Yep. yep. No one went to find her. Makes total sense. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. She didn't just like walk out of the store. No. She stayed in there. Ella wants to leave because she hasn't been outside since she was six. <laughs> oh, God. But Mrs. Munday has pretty much indoctrinated her to be terrified of the dark men in inverted commas.
0: Which is the outside world? Or? Well,
1: no, actually. Basically, if someone tries to escape or potentially threatens the group's existence, like exposing them, the dark men take that person away and a mysterious new mannequin that looks weirdly like them shows up in the clothing department. Oh. So that person is literally like murdered and turned into a mannequin. Oh, God. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <sighs> God, so weird. So anyway, Charles doesn't want to leave because he's like found this awesome new rent-free life, amazing, and also the world. But he decides that for Ella's sake he will leave with her so that she can actually experience like sun and air and grass or whatever. Yeah. So they figure out that they'll leave together and be all loved up and live happily ever after. But Mrs. Monday finds out about their plans and she calls the dark men in. So then the very next day there are these two mannequins in the shop window that look exactly like (gasps) Charles and Ella. The end. And we don't know. No, so it's a, it's a really cool ending like at the, at the very end because you, you think they run off and you think they're going to, oh, do they escape? And as the, as like the next day happens, you see these two, this couple, a man and a woman sort of outside the shop and from the back they look exactly like Charles and yeah. Ella and you're like, shit, yeah, they got out. But then as the camera pans up, they're looking at this mannequin of a bride and groom in the window and that's Charles and oh. Ella. and the, Oh, my God, yeah. so So probably they're dead they're definitely dead okay that's the point they definitely got murdered so it's been classified as a horror comedy i don't know where the comedy comes oh really yeah yeah there's no comedy in this it's just i think the comedy is that people live in a department store yeah wacky it's so wacky (laughs) it's just a tragic sad horror to me yeah oh my gosh so here's some background for context, Sondheim had by this time done like Side Gypsy, Funny Thing and Anyone Can Whistle.
0: Right. So he's just getting into writing music and
1: lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. So he's really anyone – oh, a Funny Thing like, his is his first. So then he did – Funny Thing was really successful. Anyone Can Whistle was not very successful. No. And he was in the midst of, of – Company was like four years away. So yeah. that was a, his big, big success. Um, he was in the midst of developing follies with – James Goldman. Yes. So they were in the middle of writing that. James I knew Goldman. I knew that name. Yeah. Yeah. He. Side note. He's the brother of William Goldman, oh, who wrote. Oh, of the um, flies, right? Princess Bride. Oh, does he also
0: write lot of the flies? God, I'm going to Google that. Yeah. Mm. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> Keep talking. Princess mm. Bride. Oh, I love Princess Bride.
1: Of course we do. Yeah. So, anyway, James Goldman's wife was pregnant at the time and he needed to like upgrade that. Oh, apartment. William Golding. Golding. I knew it was <laughs> close. <place>. Yeah. So, <laughs> William Goldman yeah. wrote Princess Bride and he is the brother of James Goldman who wrote Follies and Evening Primrose with Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. So, basically, they needed a bit more Moolah and Follies wasn't ready yet. So, they came up with this idea to approach a TV show called ABC Stage 67 with the idea for this weird-ass musical. <laughs> so ABC Stage 67 is a really interesting one, actually. It's a TV show that aired on ABC in the States in 1966. and It was trying to really revive the glory days of TV specials from the 1950s. So it was all about featuring like original, original musicals and variety shows and dramas and so each episode, I think it aired like maybe every fortnight, each episode was this new like original concept that went for an hour. Um, it only lasted for a year. That's probably why it's really hard to get good footage of Evening yeah. Primrose but it's a cool concept, this idea of this TV show and so Sondheim really approached um, ABC Stage 67 to say, would you like us to make a musical for the show? For the TV show. So because it's only like it's a one-hour TV slot, the show only has four sung songs, as I mentioned. There are stacks of instrumental moments, but um, because it was composed for TV. write
0: all the instrumental stuff? All of, yeah, yeah,
1: all okay. of it. Um, it's mainly incidental music, to be honest. It couldn't really have a ton of numbers. Like there's just no time yeah. for it. So this show aired only once in 1966. Oh, my God. Yep, that's it. It starred Anthony Perkins, who yeah. had just come from Psycho. Yeah. And um, I never say her name right. I think it's Charmian. Okay. Car. I always think it's Charmaine, but the I and the A are the wrong oh, yeah. way around. She, I've known a
0: Charmian. So. Yeah, Charmian. Yeah. So she
1: was Lisel in the Sound of Music film. Oh, not wow. Long, not long before this. Wow, So she'd yeah. just come off that. Um, so that they play Charles and Ella it's an absolute fucking delight right this it's on YouTube you can see it for your viewing pleasure fair warning though the quality is terrible Terrible. like it's pretty abysmal because the footage was like lost for a while it was actually originally aired in color but that tape has been permanently lost so (sighs) all we have is a black and white version wow I know and it's really grainy and you get the you get the vibe but it's a shame. Um, that production was shot in a functional department store in Manhattan after it had ceased trading for the day. Love. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So um, so that's the TV special. Then there was a professional theatrical production that was staged in London as part of the Lost Musicals series. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah so it opened at the Lillian Bayless studio in 2005 okay. and it ran for like three weeks. Yeah. Um, then, in October 2010, the St George's Society in New York had a one-night-only, like, semi-staged performance um, of it. And most recently, it's enjoyed a bit of buzz, thanks to Raul. Raul, um,
0: sweet Raul singing it a Delicious the Raul. Well,
1: also, like, he called that Sondheim birthday tribute, Take That's Me right, to the world. he did, didn't he? Like, he yeah. named it. And so he's everyone's such like, a Sond- oh, We love how much of a Sondheim He's it such is. a nerd. So, yeah, so Raul... For con- for those who don't know what we're talking about, sometimes ninetieth birthday um, concert that was live streamed at the beginning of COVID, Raúl Esparza was like a driving force behind yeah, it, and, and he named and, it, yeah. um, named it "Take Me to the World," and he himself sang that song. Laura Benanti also sang, I remember. That's right, yeah. Which is also from the show like during there's that concert. Two
0: evening primrose songs. In
1: yeah, that concert. considering there are only four evening primrose, yeah. primrose songs, and two of them were sung at that concert, yeah. it's pretty good. You can find all four of the songs on Spotify. <laughs> Not, you can't get the instrumental music. Oh, that's a shame. Which is a shame. So you've got to watch the YouTube video. Um, there were Those songs were released as part of a dual album in 2001 along with The Frogs. That's what I have. Yeah. I have which that is, CD. Yeah. That's another one of sometimes very obscure offerings. Yeah. Um, you'll also find lots of pretty famous um, like big deal people have recorded Take Me to the World. Like Barbara Streisand did a version with Antonia Banderas really randomly. So random. Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters did a version. Like, oh. if you type in Take Me to the World in Spotify, there'll be heaps of recordings yeah. of it. Like it's a pretty in that way, it's a pretty famous issue. Like just
0: became like a bit of a cabaret standard kind yeah. of thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. So obviously my gateway songs are gonna be the two that I yeah. keep mentioning. <laughs> yeah. So don't be, like, don't get me wrong, the other half of the musical is actually also beautiful. So the songs that that I am like putting in the gateway playlist are Take Me to the World and I Remember. Yeah. Beautiful songs. I sing both of them, side Amazing, (laughs) But the other songs are When, which is another duet. Oh, yeah. And If You Can Find Me, I'm Here, which is a song sung by Charles at the very beginning. I love that the structure of the musical is actually only like the two main characters and the only ones who sing. I love that. So the rest of the characters don't sing. All the songs are just Charles and Ella. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's it. That's it. So even is primorous. it able
0: to be licensed as a show?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. So you can still, because I got into like a rabbit hole on Broadwayworld.com. Um, yeah. Where a lot of people are like, because it's so short, can I just put it on? But no, you have, to, you have to get the rights for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't think the rights are like, you can't go to MTI or whatever and just buy them. Like you have to seek... You have to go oh, seek you gotta, the permission. Like, for example,
0: it may not be available in Australia. Correct. Yeah. Like, so
1: it has been done. People can do it, but I think it's not as... – You've got to, like, write
0: for permission. Yeah, you've
1: got to go talk to Stephen himself. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. That's like – because, like,
0: 21 Chump Street, which yeah. Le manuel wrote, that's only a 14-minute show. Yeah. But you can do that. Like, yeah. Like, you can license that show. I
1: actually – the more I was thinking, as I was sort of watching – re-watching this this week and researching it, I thought, actually, it's really cool that this is just a one-hour yeah. musical. Yeah. Um, and on stage, I think it, you could probably do it like a little less. There's a, sort of less of those sort of long shots and things that go yeah. on in a film, like when, in a filmed version. It would be yeah. a bit quicker, I reckon, on stage. Fascinating. Which is cool. Like it, it's probably handy to have some shorter shows that yeah. are, you know, three hour epics. Definitely. Which I mean, for some time, usually shows are three hour epics. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. I really love it. I know it's weird. It's almost like one of, it's like. It's almost like little shop in the weirdness of that era, like Camp-y, sci-fi cult-y sort, of. sort yeah. of, yeah, yeah, and that like weird storyline sort yeah. of thing. But um, just with less songs.
0: And I guess like the thing is, unless they took it and adapted it into a much longer Broadway show, yeah, it's not like we're gonna see it on stage. No, no you know, we you won't. Just, it, people will just love the songs separately, probably. Yes.
1: And I think that's why, like the songs are beautiful. That's why they've had a bit of like a bit of a moment in time. Yeah, but the show itself, yeah. It's just such a shame in my head that there's not a better version of the TV special. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's really sad
1: because Shami Char- uh, and Carr and um, Anthony Perkins are excellent in yeah. those roles. They're really and good. He's
0: got a good voice. Yeah, good good voice. Oh, yeah, it's
1: nice. It's really beautiful. Like I do highly recommend it. I'm going to make Shane watch it.
0: Yeah, you should. But even
1: though he really struggles with things that are like, like poor poorly filmed, like that. yeah, but tough. He's just going to have to love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's Evening Primrose. Evening
0: Primrose. Well, hopefully you've made. A musical theatre nerd aware of something that they were never aware of.
1: Yeah. I also yeah. love the title. It doesn't sound like what it's going to be. What does it mean? Well, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and there's no reference to that. Oh, really? Yeah. I assume, well, so Primrose is like a flower, right? Yeah, yeah. So it must be something to do with like things coming alive at night. Right. I okay. think so. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really making that up. If someone knows, let us know. But Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can email the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. At, my favorite musical at gmail.com. Favorite mm. has a you. Yes. You can also reach out on Twitter.
1: Did I tell you I got a, qu- a Twitter account? Did you? I don't understand how it works though. Excellent.
0: Mm. Um, or reach out to us on Instagram. Twitter is, what did I make it? My, my fave, fave musical. musical. Yeah. And Instagram were my, my favourite musical. Yeah. Um, I'm slowly working out how to put the Spotify playlist onto Apple Music. Oh. Um But the problem is Apple Music is nowhere near as user-friendly in terms of searching for playlists. So yeah, if I work out how to do it, I will then link them. In the show notes, but mm. that's about all we can do. Like I don't think it's as easy as Spotify where you can just search for the playlist kind yeah. of thing. Again, if you know your way around Apple Music, feel free to reach out and let us know. Mm. But um yeah, hopefully at some point they'll be on Apple Music as well. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> Look at us appealing to everyone. I know, I know. Yeah. Or we'll nice. just like come to Spotify, it's great.
1: Spotify is much better. <laughs> I love
0: Spotify. Yeah. I don't like bomb. it for what the artists get paid, but I like the platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <sighs> has been my favorite musical
1: yeah like rate subscribe share whatever all that shit all that shit do it
0: uh we'll see you next week
1: oh we'll see you for a mixtape episode yes. on Thursday
0: Thursday we'll see you then yeah otherwise we'll see you next week for a full one we won't see you we'll in your be in your ear holes we
1: won't even listen to you oh I'm
0: listening to everyone all the time
1: what they're not talking to you what do no, you mean In my head
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're a weirdo all right everyone all right bye bye